Welcome to Writer Syndrome, podcast by writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, marketing and social media. I'm Russ Basso and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how are you? And Blech. Yeah. marketing. <laughs> yes. Ew. We have Gross. an expert. We have an expert on today. An expert <laughs> in not in the nonprofit marketing. So it does, in does, nonprofit marketing. Does that, does that are work? you interested in my expertise and not selling your book <laughs> and not making money? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd be great at giving it away. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> that could be a tactic we could use. We could use. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Marketing and social media, we're just going to kind of talk our way through some of this stuff. I, there's so many. So as always, you know, I do a little research beforehand and I did the old how to market a novel. You get there's a million articles up there. You can go to readsy.com. They have a bunch of stuff like marketing tips and stuff like this. It all comes back to the same stuff though. They're like, make sure you have an author website. Make sure you build your platform. Like all this stuff. It's like, okay, cool. I was gonna I was gonna say, Russ, like you, I know you Googled it, but like you're yeah. pretty far along in your own marketing journey right now, having just launched your book. Yeah. So it's not like you must have done a good chunk of research before yeah. cramming for this podcast today. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, six months ago. Yeah, and all the basics, right? Obviously, like have a website and make sure it's, you know, as professional as you can make it, obvious. And then there's a big push about having like a, a newsletter uh, because those are the people who are going to keep coming back and you kind of have that that base, right? But again, it's you a little have, um, building. I can tell you what, like from, from my nonprofit marketing world, yeah. for larger programs or exhibitions that I market, I always have this kind of... Um, marketing and communications rollout document where it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a word doc you know it's got cells with so it sounds like a spreadsheet actually you might yeah, enjoy this i'm sorry did you say cells tim <laughs> <laughs> but it will have like target audience it'll have the platform it'll have the date yeah. you know yep. it'll have expected outcomes did you generate something like that like yeah that you're kind of ticking off yeah uh yes i definitely did i created like a just a marketing plan uh, just like a word doc. i think marketing just... itself can be so absolutely bottomless that if you don't yes. set off like a checklist in like a runway for yourself that you'll it's really hard to get disorganized and overwhelmed really really quickly yeah a hundred percent and like i said it was like i was googling it since like 70 71 ways to promote and market your book and i'm like 71 ways like this is so much stuff to do <laughs> like what like pick a few that <laughs> makes sense for you to do uh, you know, and it was like, go to school steps. for marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get an MBA. Hire someone like us. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, Sounds, it seems overwhelming. Here's our phone number. Yeah. Right. Like, give us a call. Like, here's all the stuff you should do. Yeah. Uh, it's, you get that a lot. And then some are getting into like the technical, like have the website, have SEO, you know, set up for your book, uh, make sure you create captive cover art. But yeah, I, I created a plan early on, you know, it was just the obvious stuff. I was like, okay, I, Certainly need a website. Uh, what URLs mm-hmm. do I need? Making sure I have my own, which I I had had my own domain for for a long time, anyways. But. So you've got your author website, russcapasa.com, and you've got yeah. Post- a book website too. Two independent websites? No, no, no. Dirt, no, it's all one. Yeah, it's just so I just have the one website, russcapasta.com, but I grabbed hostthebook.com. Um, mm. And that just that just directs you to a landing page on russcapasta.com. <laughs> oh, so it's a redirect yeah. to yeah. russcapasta.com. Because okay, that's smart. Sometimes telling people, oh, yeah, rustcapasso.com, like, how do you spell Capasso? You know, and it's like, you got to go through that. But host the book is pretty straightforward. Um, so yep. it's like, okay, cool. And then it just brings them to a landing page that's dedicated just to host. Um, it's got, now it's got all the links for like where to buy and stuff like this and a quick synopsis. But then it puts you on rustcapasso.com. So it's like, oh, maybe I should sign up for his newsletter. He seems like a fun guy to talk to. <laughs> so on that host the book landing page mm-hmm. on rustcapasso.com, you've got calls to action to buy the book. And yep. then you've got, an e-news sign up like yep. 
embed field right there so people can sign up in the same yeah spot. i'm still like tinkering around with that but it's like it's at the footer so if you scroll down just a little bit but i, I set it so it's like kind of above the fold so it's just yeah. like in the footer i could probably be a little bit smarter about that i think like having that i think that's okay i mean i do think yeah. the call to action right now is is Bye. the book and then yeah. if you want to do like a an e-news push because e-news is huge right like yeah trying to get people you know into your ecosystem which i have that set up i don't i mean right now i don't have a ton of people in there because um i just I, that's yeah it's new and that's like the next push of like building those relationships on the various social media maybe i should be getting a little more involved in that but it's like i don't really want to go on twitter i was gonna say that's a really hard part about social media is that it's so personality based and when it's not it fails yeah so yeah. like if you're just an institution, if you're not a well-known one or if you're just a book or something, yeah. you really live and die by like the personality that's behind the content and, and how authentic it feels, Yeah, which is going to be tough because you don't like social media. I can't. I can't. Or posting on there. Yeah. Like Instagram, I'm fine with. I'll probably start getting a little more involved with that. But like Twitter is just, I don't know if I can't get into it. Um, it's bottomless, dude. Absolutely yeah. bottomless. Yes, I did have a plan. Uh, and then it was like, okay, what do I actually want people... Uh, to do what's the action I want them obviously to buy the book uh, but I think at first it was like oh let me build that platform but I was like I kind of shifted that because I was like I don't that to me seems like the toughest part uh, like everything else is easy like having the website that's easy making those connections uh, I think is a little bit difficult for me um, but yeah but the nice thing is right is that it's not for all social because you've got pretty strong connections from work colleagues over the years on LinkedIn so you have like an authentic yeah push on that platform so maybe it's not social broadly maybe it's you need to find the channels that work for you and maybe yeah. you're not dancing and doing challenges on tiktok or mm. you know being <laughs> talking about like your you know personal issues on twitter yeah but maybe you're reaching out to your old buds and colleagues on linkedin and, may and maybe you'd spend through linkedin and spend instead of spending ad money through twitter yeah, I think and so. And that, that marketing doc has has shifted quite a bit because it, and we've talked about this before too. We're focusing on the things that you can that the focus on the platforms that you can actually uh, have an impact on, and don't spread yourself too thin. Like Twitter, I'm probably gonna just have it'll be there. Uh, I'll probably do like a little push. I mean, actually, you've been doing more of a push for writer with writer syndrome books on there than I have, and that's been great. So I'm like, ah, oh, Tim did this for me. I think I'm done. Retweet, retweet. <laughs> No, I mean, um, I think with Twitter, you really are X or whatever. You really need to be crazy consistent. And from what I can tell from like the what analytics I'm looking at, they're really throttling external links. Yeah. And, and the hashtags that used to work pretty well for us are not getting the same traction. It's not like the content's taking a dip. It's the algorithm is not favoring us right now. And you just yeah. need to be consistent and not be discouraged because eventually one of them will slap and it will take on. Take, I've seen yeah. a lot of posts lately like, is anybody out there? Like nobody's liking my past 10 posts and that one takes yeah. off, right? Like <laughs> it's like, I think you just need to be desperate. <laughs> desperate and, uh, you know, consistent. The ones that I think the platforms, like, for at least social media, the ones I'm going to focus on are Instagram and uh, Facebook. And for Facebook, are you setting up a author page or a book page? Or you, yeah, or you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I already set up a, an author page, which I got to... I got to get put some content up there today. And like, I have like a banner to put up there. that's like, Hey, host now available. Um, so get that stuff kind of going in there. And then I'm going to, you know, start just peeling it out to people to join and follow. And then, um, their friends and family. And is that where you're going to do a spend? You're going to spend on Facebook for yeah. advertising. Yep. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, I'd recommend I think, that. 
Yeah, I think it's like, well, one, it carries over to, I guess you can carry it over to Instagram as well. The, my demographic is probably gonna be mostly on Facebook and Instagram. Like that's gonna be my, my, my best targeting. It seems Facebook ads are pretty good for authors, uh, too. Um, I think just because like their targeting abilities is a little bit better. Um, yeah. You know, so I could pick, I could pick like a bunch of authors and I could, um, you know, that I think are in my category and I can really focus on those, those, those folks who have like, you know, have some interest. So, so that's a great point too, right? The stepping back to having a marketing plan and making sure that you, just like you did when you were writing your book, you know, looking for comps right now, you're looking for the audience, you know, the audience that would be interested in reading something like this and something like Facebook ads. It's really, really powerful um, when it comes to being able to target, you can target, you know, by zip code, you can target by general interest, you yeah. can target by author. Um, I will say one thing in my experience with Facebook and Instagram ads is they are very, very strict when it comes to content. Oh, really? So like we were posting stuff about like Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. climate change because, you know, I work at a museum and we talk about these kind of current topics. Yeah. They'll block those ads. Like we've oh, had really? to edit text out that talks about, you know, what would be considered quote unquote left leaning things. Do they give you a head to flag it at least for you to like, know like, Oh, this is, this isn't good content or they does it go out there? It, and if you keep doing it and if you, sometimes they're like your accounts under review, like, yeah. cause they want to make sure that you're not spamming out certain stuff, Yep, which is so interesting. And, you know, really frustrating from yeah. like my standpoint, because it, it seems very, very biased, but just as FYI is, as you're writing your blurb and putting it on there. Yeah. Just be careful. What, yeah. what, what keywords you're using because they'll they'll crush it pretty yeah, quick. Probably something like s- surveillance, hacking, <laughs> data privacy. <laughs> Those would probably all get tagged, which is like pretty much what the book is about. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because I mean, <laughs> Facebook themselves are is surveillance data very privacy. Guilty of that, you know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's a and I I I did that exercise as well, going through like okay, creating that demographic, like who is going to be into this book. It's, the strongest category is probably like 35 to 45 year old males, right? Like that's going to be my, that's going to be like the heart of it. Probably I could probably extend down to 25 and maybe, you know, maybe I feel like older, for this but... book, but you have such a strong character in Lilo that I think will have Lilo. like a multi-generational, like multi-gendered appeal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I wouldn't limit yourself, maybe start there, but yeah. I think as it's like you're moving on to your next book and you're like when you eventually focus on that character and build out her story. Yeah, that's an audience, an audience growth moment, I think. So, yeah, that's I, I wouldn't pigeonhole yourself too, too quickly. Yeah, no, that's a good point, because like the next two are going to be focused on her. So, I mean, I feel like it's a, I mean, I know this wasn't an inspiration, but I feel like a possible comp for audiences for that upcoming book and that mm-hmm. character is like the girl with the dragon tattoo series yep i feel like that had like yeah my dad who's 60 or 70 and me and younger kids you know they were all kind of into that yeah that espionage hacker character yeah and i think it kind of falls in like category not as dark but um yeah same yeah. same same thought but you start thought. somewhere i mean definitely start like with your core audience which is like your what your your clancy fans yeah, pro- yeah, probably, probably a bit younger than that. I feel like the Clancy fans are going to be like 45 plus. I don't know if I'd fall in that category. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit lighter than that and not as, um, it's not totally. Jack Reacher fans. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it definitely wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like the, the, you know, all America. <laughs> Cause <you> know, <laughs> I, I blame everyone in this book for, for, for all the problems. So 
But yeah, so that's kind of where I started. But I, yeah, I do have a plan. Uh, I think that's definitely important. And then I kind of dumped everything I could possibly do in there. And then I kind of weeded it down, set some goals. Like, all right, what are the goals for this first book? Uh, is it building building an audience or selling books? Uh, kind of a both uh, thing thing right now, which is probably isn't good. I should have a single focus, but I'm kind of shifting that a bit. Uh, I'm also... This is kind of interesting because I, I definitely didn't ramp up like the marketing and promotion before the launch. And some friends had suggested like, oh, you should really you put this much time in this book. You should really kind of build up some hype and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, what hype am I building for for who? Like the hype is going to be once you get the book out, people read it and like, oh, this is a fun story or it's not, you know, like. Not to people- mention you were still putting the finishing touches on the book. You're figuring yeah. out the ISBNs. Like when the yeah. heck are you going to do that? Yeah. Like all the behind the scenes technical stuff I was just like, oh, which it's not hard now um but making sure i'm doing it right uh was more important than you know trying to ramp up some hype about a book that and an author that no one knows about um and in a way i mean the the cast right like this podcast in and of itself is a little piece of marketing and you've been talking about your book for a while so That, that does help um i think it's interesting too the uh looking back how i might approach a second book launch obviously i'll hopefully by then we'll have like some bit of a base of readers, you know, that's not just yeah. friends and family. I think that'll help. I also think uh, it'll put me in a spot where, and I kind of did like a weirdly soft, like the book came out on, you know, August 1st, kind of pulled back and was like doing more of like a soft launchy type of thing where I was like, okay, well, day one or even a couple of days before, I'm letting people know this is like friends and family, this is happening. You know, I has got my family email list blasts. I got my, you know, my hockey team email blast, right? Like all those guys, I sent them an email yesterday. I think every single one of them like bought a book <laughs> like the other day. So it's like, I was like, well, let me trickle this out and just see how this goes. And then it's like, okay, then I'll start ramping up the social media stuff. Cause that'll hit it like a bigger reach that I've got. And hopefully like it'll stay consistent, at least with the Amazon purchasing. We're like, hopefully, I don't know what the numbers are or the threshold of how many have to sell per day before they pull me into like, you know, their, their algorithms. Um, it's probably gonna be quite a bit, but I don't know, kind of learning as I go, um, kind of staging. I mean, I can say like the best value for your money right now is definitely those Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, you'll get exposed to a big audience in a way that you won't through, you know, your author page or your personal page. We see a huge return on on really modest spends. You know, we spend, I don't know, it's like between 50 and a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. And, um, it's not much and you get a pretty big impact and you can just see the referral traffic going right right to the website from Facebook yeah. and Facebook is one of our top referrers every month yeah um I will say that we're very event focused you know and that's what we focus on but that might not be a bad idea I mean if you're doing a book launch and you want to yeah. promote that a little bit in addition to or if you're going to do author readings and stuff yeah I think trying to do this like staged for first time and it's also something I can manage entirely by myself. I'm learning that doing this kind of staged rollout of my marketing plan, which i'm per mm-hmm. I'm sure you as a marketer and other friends of mine who are listening to who are marketers would be like, oh, well, that's what you do. You create a plan and you roll out in stages. But yeah, I think doing like hit the friends and family first uh, and hit that second group of that second layer of friends or connections you have and then hit that third ring, like that LinkedIn group, your coworkers or whatever. Um, yep. kind of doing that over like the next week or so, I think will be good pushing people to get reviews and ratings. Cause I think that's like the most important thing right now. And it's interesting yeah. to see like a lot of other, like if you go to Mark Dawson, he's, he's great with providing like a ton of information, free information about like marketing and, and whatnot for self-published authors. But he does like a soft launch where he just hits his newsletter group. Of course, he's got this built in already where he offers it for like mm-hmm. 99 cents and he just wants reviews. Uh, and then yep. after a week of doing that full launch and then 
price comes back, you know, back up to whatever it is. But then when you have people come to the site who are not, who are, who don't know you and they see a couple reviews on there, it gives them more confidence to think like, oh, this is probably good or not. So. Yep, definitely. Uh, but as I'm just figuring that all out and I think it's just going to, it's going to take time. Like you said, I think it's like the second or third book, hopefully that, that reader base is a little bit bigger. So it's like, oh, I could reach out to some people who are like, maybe strangely really into my writing. And I could be like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to send you some review copies. Here you go. Just give me reviews on, you know, before or launch day, you know, I agree with all that. I just had a thought, you know, I think there's, you know, sometimes an impulse to, to think nationally very quickly. You know, I know you're thinking friends and family, Yeah. Um, but I'd recommend everybody to kind of lean into, you know, their own local community, like their zip code, you know, whether there's local libraries that will, yeah, you know, have a self-published section. If there's, you know, booksellers locally yep. independent run that will have it, you know. And then if there's like arts committees or communities or places that you can table. Yeah. Um, 100%. Because you could, you know, sit down at some kind of community festival and sell copies of your books, but also gets get to, you'll probably meet other authors. You'll meet other artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. Networking and I know it feels very small scale and kind of craft fairy, but I, I, I really feel like it's, it's important to lean into that community. Like we're all part of one. And I think there's a lot of investment by community members yeah. and they've all got friends. Right. So yeah, hundred percent visible on that way. And you just never know who's going to come by and pick up your book. You know, maybe they, they'll, they'll read it and they'll love it. And maybe they've got a hundred thousand followers on TikTok or Sarno or whatever, you know, <laughs> and they're like, Hey, yeah. check out this book. Um, but yeah, we, you and I, we talked about it the other day and you're, you gave me a bunch of like resources to go check out, which is one of my tasks to do today is kind of look into like community things are going on, reaching out to like the Somerville arts council and seeing what events they yep. have going on for authors and stuff. Um, I think that's, that's a pretty low, that's low hanging fruit stuff that could have an impact, um, and at least get you, like you said, into that and networking. So the other thing you should think about too, is, um, cause they must exist. And I just did a quick Google and there's some, I just don't know how reputable. So obviously be, be careful, you know, don't get fleeced, yeah. but it sounds like there's a fair amount of like indie book awards where you could submit your book too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a really good way to get some easy publicity. As long as they're not saying like for $500, we'll, yeah. Look yeah. at your book, but yeah, that's no, that's a good point. And I'm also, I have a list of publications that do reviews for self-published authors and they're pretty mm-hmm. big. I think like Kirkus does right. it. There's a San Francisco review. They do uh, reviews for self-published authors. Um, and a lot of the rules are like, oh, the book has to be, has to have been published, you know, and out there. So I couldn't send them advanced copies. Um, but yep. I also have like a list of like people I find on like uh, websites that I follow who would probably, who write about like pop culture stuff for that website. Uh, like I'm gonna reach out to them and be like, Hey, I'll send you a copy. Would you mind reading, you know, providing a review? Um, yep. and those, those feel like kind of easy. I mean, obviously like not everyone's going to do it and there's gonna be some time to it, but I think I'm okay with that because if I send someone a copy, I'm like, Hey, you know, review when you can, I've got these other, these other things I'm doing in the meantime, if your review pops up on whatever X website three months down the road and all of a sudden there's a, that's another boost, like, you know, three months down yep. the road. So I'm like trying to play it that way for the, for this first book. I feel really good about the plan I have and I feel comfortable that I can execute on it and like focus on the things each month that I'm going to do. Whereas before yeah. I was like, oh, I got to do all this stuff all that. Why well, I got to run ads? I got to do ads. I got to, do, I got to, do, I got to have a newsletter. I got to email emails out. I was like, oh, I'm going to explode. I have to be on Twitter talking to be like, Hey, this is crazy. Um, and I just, <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing all this. No, <laughs> like this isn't happening. So, uh, while writing another book. Yes. While writing another book. 
Yeah, exactly. Because marketing it, itself, right? It can be more than a full-time job if you let it. It could be absolutely bottomless. hundred percent because there's so many things. Like like I said, I found this one. 70 ways to promote it. Think outside the box. Get professional and distinctive author photo. Create a press release. Get media savvy. Like, what do these things even mean? Get out of here. <laughs> like, I'll tell you, like, in my nine to five, I've tried really hard in the past 10 years to only do things that I think are going to have some kind of impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds so ridiculous. Like, of course... But it's not. You, you'd be so surprised how much <laughs> departments and marketing departments can do that. They just throw stuff out into the ether, you yeah. know, not knowing yep. that like they're sacrificing their time. So it's just just make sure where you're spending and it, it's valuable. It sounds like where you're going to spend it, it is. And you're not going to like lose days on Twitter talking to strangers who, you know, aren't going to buy your book. Yeah. Aren't even going to make the contact, you know. And it's, and there's other thing too about that. It's one, like if you've got like these, you know, if you narrow down your, let's say five to eight things that you can focus on while you're continuing to write, uh, and making sure your day is split where it's like, okay, I do have to do like a part-time job of marketing this book now. And then I, the rest of my time, I have to be writing another book. Um, but I think tying to what you just said is if the things that you choose to do to market your book, make sure you have a plan to understand if it is actually having an impact, like makes you have some yep. way to track it and see it because you might, just be, you might just be wasting your time doing something. If you're running ads and not doing anything yep. and you know, you're just wasting money and your, your own effort. And marketers so. will be like, Oh, KP, KPI, you know, what are the, <laughs> but it, it's not wrong, but yeah. yeah. Have analytics running on your site. Make sure where you're spending your time. If you're not getting sales, at least make sure you're getting referrals and people are getting exposed to the brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously you hope that like, they're going to go forward, you know, and sign up to the e-news and, but yeah, yeah, you, you got to track it. You, you got to make sure, or it will just be bottomless. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and then I, you know, I've got ideas for, you know, kind of like a book Tory type thing I want to do, you know, so that'll come later. And it's like, hopefully this will all be timed, you know, or at least I'm just trying to roll these things out. I can focus on the contacting of people who can do reviews that it might be a little bit, you yeah. know, find those people who are on like book talk or whatever, who like, like thrillers, I can send them a copy. Like that's like the next thing for next week is like reaching out to these people and just, Seeing if they'll take it. And if they're like, yeah, I can review in three yeah. or four months. I'm like, that's fine. Do in three or four months. I don't care. That'd be great. Actually, it's perfect timing because all my other things will have either been exhausted or I'll be ramping them down. So, um, yep. and I'll just be another boost. So, I don't know. I feel good about it. I mean, I don't know if it's the right thing, but it's, I feel, I feel good about it. And I also think I have enough of a plan for each, you know, throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd say one last bit of advice and then I'll stop rambling on. No. Automate what you can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like schedule out as many tweets as you can, you know, yeah. sure. Like, or, or Facebook posts or, or whatever you're doing. Um, same thing with like Google ads, you know, you can set up a schedule that yeah. you can kind of check in and babysit. It doesn't need to be a piece of your brain every day, but it could always be running in the background, right? There's a yep. lot of stuff that you can automate right now just to maintain visibility. So you can focus on other things like writing, yeah. creating, making actual contacts, in your in your experience with like uh, the museum and, and promoting through social media and stuff like this, which I know you you have a <laughs> you have a disdain for, but do you yeah. find do you find I have a disdain a, for personally? It, it's yeah. it's necessary for institutions. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. But do you find there's like a number? Do you guys have like a schedule set? Like you're posting every day? Like oh, we have two or three tweets a day. We have two or, or X's, whatever they're called now. Uh, two or three. Yeah, I've got a wonderful social media manager. Like back in the day, I used to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, but she's absolutely wonderful. And um, so we have <laughs> uh, like five properties yeah. on 
just about all the social media accounts. So we're spread across all of them. So for the bigger ones, it's like probably three to five posts a week. And for the smaller ones, it's probably one, one to five a week. Okay. And I think some are scheduled. And I know that, um, you know, historically we'll use a content calendar just to see if there's any, you know, social holidays or, you know, interesting dates that we can capitalize on. But yeah, no, there's, there's a pretty set schedule. Um, I think, I think if you don't have one and if you don't automate, you you burn out. I've seen that among so many social media managers over time, they start with this like vigor of they're going to change the world with the, the, this institution, social media posts, but you you can't, the, the dopamine that you get from getting likes only goes so far. And as those likes decrease people's, you know, people's like desire to post goes away, which is better to sit down and schedule out for a week or two if you can. And then not be tied to that kind of ludic loop, that cycle of getting and, and that way, like you don't, it's unfortunate, right? Because social is always tied to like recognition. I mean, people use institutions as a vehicle. They get their own kind of satisfaction from yeah. being seen and being shared. But it's, as we've seen in our personal lives, that is temporary. And it it, it really is kind of, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't personally like the feeling. But, but and it's a job. Like no you never want to say like that social media itself, you know, is this 9 to 5 job, but for institutions it absolutely has to be. And, and the, yeah. the difficult part is trying to walk this line of authenticity while being visible and you know, informative at the same time. So it, it's a super delicate balance, but I've seen so many people, so many people. We talk to students all the time and they're like, "Why aren't you doing this on social and why aren't you doing that?" And it's like, "Oh, we do it, you know, yeah. it fits and starts, but in order to do it consistently, you need somebody or multiple people solely dedicated to social alone, yeah. you know, who have photography, who have like videography skills, who have editing skills, who are per- like, yeah. and what we have in my department and they're wonderful. We are spread between a million other things. Like my social yeah. person does PR, Yep, you know, they contribute to the e-news, you know, they write press releases. So it's not just a social person, but kudos to the larger institutions that can just hire somebody or some people to focus on that yeah because like you said it it can be a full-time bottomless bottomless job i'll be going into like my social media push i guess now that i've gone to friends Mm -hmm. and family done all that right for me what would you think like would be the best thing for me to do to direct people to like and can i just do like the amazon link right to the book page or do i send to my website you know like which has the links right there. And it's like, which... I know you're like concerned, right? You're concerned that people have like this disdain for Amazon and they want to maybe purchase it from other sellers. I'm personally always a fan of like one clean call to action. So if you really want them to buy the book first, I, I would send them to Amazon. Yeah. To start. Yep. Um, And then if you're thinking about, you know, e new sign up or giving people options, then maybe. But I still do think that Amazon's like the biggest seller for independent books yeah yeah so you don't want to make it you don't want to add a step you don't want the attrition for people going to your website and then closing your website you know you want them to go and kind of make an impulse buy oh it's on sale or you know oh it's got this many reviews but yeah you want to remove as many barriers as you can to get them to do that my feeling i mean i'd say do what but i don't know i personally i've never marketed a book i know when i'm marketing programs i don't send people to the homepage. I send them to the registration page. Because right, it's, well, I mean, I think that's just like, that's like 101, right? It's like, get them to the thing to do the one step. Don't make them, don't add any bits of or points of friction 
uh, depending on what your goal is, right? If my goal was to get newsletter signups, then yeah, send them to my, my website and have a pop-up as soon as they get there that says yep. sign, sign up, right? Or which I'll probably do in, in you know, as, as the months roll on throughout the year, I've got like kind of a campaign plan of like discounting the book at certain times uh, or even yeah. doing like, hey, you know, if you're on this social media, get this code, go to the website, punch it in and get a discount or whatever format you want. And if you sign up for the newsletter or something, um, yep. those are kind of other campaigns I'll probably run later in the year. But no, I think you're right. Like off the off the bat, I think I'm just gonna just send them right to the page. You know, go ahead and buy it, and you know, it's interesting, right? There's this kind of consumer value proposition. Like you send them to the Amazon page, and they buy it, and that's great. Yeah. Yep. You can send them to your homepage, and maybe there's an attrition, but maybe they buy and enroll in the e news, right? Like so. Yeah. But that's why I think you do both. Maybe you just A-B test it and see how it goes. I would expect there to be some attrition. The other thing, too, is like, and no offense, like I know you're a web designer, but you you don't know, like, you know, when they go to Amazon, your book is going to look like every other book in Mm -hmm. a good way. Mm -hmm. When you send them to your author page, you're introducing a whole new way for them to judge you. Yep. Like, oh, I don't like this page. You know, I don't like the way they formatted this or I don't like this. You know, it's yeah, I would do your best to filter them into established channels for now. Yeah, even uh, I think some of the other and coming back to like some of the basics, obviously, everyone says make sure you have an author website. Uh, I get the I'm officially an author on Goodreads. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. baby. Uh, Claiming that. But those are the things you can't do until after you publish. So I was like, all right. And then same thing with Amazon. Like I have like Amazon like author page, whatever. You can just go directly to that and see what books I have. So. To me, it, that's the way it would go, right? You promote it on social or e-news. You direct them to Amazon. They're interested. They click on the author page. They go to your website, you know, yeah. as opposed to going to your website and then going okay. to Amazon. I feel yeah. like that's the flow of traffic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it comes back to your goal, though, right? And if you're like, yeah, if you're dedicated, just like, I want to build newsletter, then yeah, send them there, but make sure you have a plan to like actually get them to just do it in one click or give them something. It's probably something I'm going to play with, too. Like a reader magnet, where you know, if you sign up for the newsletter, you get something for free. I see a lot of. Uh, oh yeah, yep, good call. A lot, of, a lot of independent authors do that, and you can have fun with it too. Like I'm probably gonna do some fun stuff with like my characters in the book, um, like and and host. Like my main character is also a, a journalist, so he's writing an article. Um, and a friend was like, "Oh, you should probably put the article at the end." I was like, "Nah, I don't really want to do that." But I was like, "Ooh, you know what I could do though is I could write the article as as yep. he what he's written and then use that as a reader magnet, put that up." It's a oh, great idea. I think you would see Elliot's, you know, uh, the story he wrote at the end of the at the end of the story, you know, um, which I think would be would be kind of fun to do. Uh, there's so many other. There's so many things. There's so many things you can do out there, you know. But just find the ones that you think you can handle. Yeah, and that will give you time to continue to write if that's your goal yeah you don't want this to be like an albatross around your neck right like here's here's my book and this is what i talk about for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah i mean and you told a great like before we started and yeah, i think even i don't know if we mentioned it earlier but like you told a great story or how you had talked to reach out to someone on twitter who's you know didn't sorry he saw okay success with his first book but it took a long time yeah, and he's like yeah. about a year right yeah and then he's like yeah, oh there's a, a second published book. author yep. yeah and he put out a second book and all of a sudden he started seeing that one doing better and then all of a sudden the first book started doing better and then he wrote a third one and like and it's like, you know, that's what it is. And even like the Mark Dawson's of the world and other, uh, you know, independently published authors, they say the same thing. Like, honestly, at the end of the day, the best marketing for your first book is to write a second book. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you're not getting distracted from doing that, um, you know, don't let that don't let the marketing for one book, you know, get you uh, taken away from like your strongest marketing piece, which is writing a second book. So, yeah, I think I said it last cast, but I, I really agree is that 
if you get too consumed with the marketing of your first book and its potential successes and failures, it could kneecap you yes. both ways. Yep. You know, kneecap you, meaning it may hinder you creating more yep. fiction. Yeah. Um, Which that's where we lose. <laughs> and that's where you lose. Like once you turn your art into a product, it's another one of those hurdles to kind of get over and deal with and move away from. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's, there's a balance, which you just have to find. But again, I think it's just mostly not getting overwhelmed and just taking a step back. And it's okay if you're only focusing on a couple of things, there's the core stuff, website, stuff like that. But other than that, just take bite off what you can chew, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Do you want to, what did you, what have you been re reading anything, watching anything? I started the second broken earth trilogy book. I forget okay. the name of that one. Maybe the obelisk obelisk gate. I think it is. And I'm, I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm starting to lose interest. What? And it's not because it's not good. It is. It's yeah. just, I felt like the first book, which was the fifth season. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Was good. And there was some point of view tricks that I felt like they were at the expense of the reader. Like mm. it was a magic trick. Okay. So I felt. And I know like there was skill in doing it and and I'm sure it landed. I know it landed better with you. But for me, I felt like a street magician had tricked me and I felt <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what was worse is that, well, I won't ruin anything about the book, but yeah. one reveal comes, you know, as you're like entering act three and then another reveal comes at the end of act three. Yep. But you could see the other one coming based on the first one. So it was just kind of like, when's this going to happen? You know, yeah. like, I know it's coming. Yeah, just do it already. It's in the tea leaves. Still, I mean, I will say that as far as like the world building and the characters, I really enjoy it. Maybe that's why I didn't love the reveals is because I really liked the characters, how they yeah. were. Yep. And I really liked the world that was built. Um, I think Jemison has a, a gift for language and a gift for world building. Yeah. Um, I, it's not to say that I won't get back to it, but I've kind of, I think I'm fading off. Of fading it. off, yeah. I'm trying you to write it. You, you blew right through all of them, right? After my brain wrapped around the storytelling structure of the first book, mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, and I got into a good rhythm with it. Uh, but yeah, after the end of the first one, wasn't a big fan of it doing the old dot, dot, dot moment. But I was like, whatever, yeah. I'm going to power through and just read all three of these books as if it's one big book. And I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think I plowed through the second and third book. That's what got me in the second book is that the narrative tricks seem to be happening again. And I'm like, are we going through, are we doing this again? Yeah. Like you just did this. Are we, is it going to happen again? <laughs> I don't like, remember. But. And then there's like, <laughs> is it the mystery of how it's going to resolve? Or is it mm -hmm. the mystery of who's talking to me? Mm -hmm. And it's pulling me out of the story a little bit. That's but, fair. But also I haven't seen like the whole thing, a missing piece of it. Yeah. Once you get through all of it, um, it kind of paints like a bigger picture and you're like, eh, okay, now I see it. Okay. It works. It's, it's worth, it's worth, I think getting through. Um, yeah. I read it on vacation and um, this, like I said, world building was great. I was really, really enjoying it. In fact, it almost reminded me of, you know, reading Harry Potter in my twenties or something. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I've been this engrossed in a world in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as far as watching, uh, Jill and I are still going through Better Call Saul. We just started the final season. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, it's phenomenal. I get it into it. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It takes these like these typical archetypal story structure and the characters consistently surprise me. That's impressive. <laughs> In particular, the relationship between Jimmy, Saul, and and Kim, his partner. Yep. Um, it's one of the better representations of a 
a relationship I've seen in long form media. Absolutely yeah. loving it. I, Aspirational, I'd say. I, and I think you, yeah, I, I, I think I watched like the first two episodes of it and I just, I just never got into it, but um, I feel like other people have praised it. So I might, I might keep powering through. It's a slow burn. I mean, yeah. Jill turned to me the other night and she was like, I never thought I would be watching a show about two lawyers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Talk about a boring pitch for a show, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's a really, really great show. I, I would recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. I like it much That's, more than Breaking Bad. I'll give it a shot. Anyway, how about you? What are you, what are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, I just, I finished that Slow Horses uh, by Nick Heron, uh, the one that's also on Apple TV with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Um, it was good. It was good. Uh, I mean, I remember last night I spoke, talked about, talked about it. Like he introduces like a million characters right off the bat and you get all their description right off the bat. And I'm like, I don't, I don't remember who's who. Uh, but then it eases into a nice pace. Um, uh, but it's, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a series. So there's like, it ends. I mean, they, they do have a conclusion to this, but it, they set it up for like this team to continue doing what they're doing. So I might check out another book in the series at some point. Um, I just started Shards of Honor, uh, by Lois McMaster Bejold, who I've read before. It's like another one of the books in like the series. Um, it's a sci-fi kind of space opera type thing. So as for watching, I saw Barbie. Oh, I saw Barbie too. <laughs> what do you think? I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. and definitely, uh, great messaging. And I mean, the, the commentary and everything, it's not subtle, uh, which is good. I think no. that's fine. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's not subtle at all, which is fine. Um, I'm also like surprised at like Mattel just being like, yeah, go ahead. Rip on us. Yeah. Cause they do not hold back and they just, they kind of just rip into the whole, all the Barbies from the past and like the ridiculous you know, ones. I'll tell you what, it's not subtle for us. Um, yeah. it is subtle for kids. And I think that's why it kind of needs to be a little more like the hammer that it is. Yeah. Like, cause I asked my kids, I was like, you guys know what a theme is, right? Like, yeah. I was like, yeah. what do you think the theme of <laughs> Barbie was? And they were like struggling for it yeah, in a way. Right. Yeah. So for us, it felt like, I don't want to say paint by the numbers, but it's like, you know, it's the patriarchy and it's in a being yep. your real self and, yep. you know, kind of like abusive men in a way. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. And like abusive relationships and manipulative relationships yep. and cycles <laughs> of abuse and all these things that we've experienced in our lives for them. They're like, it's new to them in, yeah. a, way. in a way. Like, I think it's nice like it's it's a movie I'll probably buy for them to so they can reference as they're introduced to these very real types of relationships that they will have to be in with boys and girls and yeah um, that's kind as of they grow up that's interesting too because like I mean it's a very it's a very you know empowering you know kind of story especially towards like the third yeah. act there right uh, for women and and for girls right and it's like it's interesting that that it's a big speech you know and it was great and it's like yeah, yeah. this is nailing it uh, not not wrong yeah. at all here. Um, yeah, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And it like, was fun too. It was very funny. I I don't think I've like laughed and like teared up laughing in a movie in a long time. Like honestly, yeah. Ryan Gosling is very funny. In this oh, movie. he's wonderful. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Um, and all the supporting cast too was like everyone. Everyone that was in it just was 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 perfect. So oh, um, Alan, Alan's like my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways great movie definitely worth seeing it and more men should go see it uh and then i saw oppenheimer too i did the whole barbenheimer not you do the, the, double, the, the double feature not not in the same day no you i do saw barbenheimer no i did it uh the like two days later so 
But uh, Oppenheimer saw it in 70 millimeter uh, in Somerville, Davis Square there. It was great. Um, it is a very, very long movie. Um, I know Christopher Nolan basically has like the golden pass now to do whatever he wants. But someone's got to be like, three hours. No, it was three hours. <laughs> yeah. It's like three hours. I mean, so also the content of it, though. So he did. I mean, again, it's a it's a great movie. Very, very good movie and highly recommend to go see it. But it's also a movie about like politics. And he did a great job mm-hmm. of making scenes come alive and make them not just being exposition and dialogue, but it's so dialogue heavy because it's someone under trial and also trying to build a new nuclear weapon. You know what I mean? So it's, and, and there's a lot of like conversation, like you get through like halfway through the movie and then the rest of it's just like kind of trial-y stuff, you know? Um, mm. So it's just like a lot of people talking for three hours. And I was like, all right, it's also Somerville Theater is not the most comfortable chairs, but very long, uh, but very, very and good. Highly recommend. So I feel like you went to Somerville Theater because they were showing a 70 millimeter film print of it. Yeah. Would you have rather gone to see a digital presentation with reclining seats? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that I think about it, yes, absolutely. I was thinking about driving um, to go see it in 70 mil. There's oh, Near me, there's only one 70 mil IMAX. Okay. So it was released in multiple formats, right? It's yeah, like yeah, obviously yeah. digital, digital IMAX, 70 mil, 70 mil IMAX, 35 mil, whatever else. Yeah. And my options are 70 mil, 30 minutes away digital IMAX 15 minutes away or mm. 50 minutes into the city, there is a 70 millimeter IMAX. And I'm like, do I want to drive an hour into New York City no. to go? Yeah. No, because when you get out of that movie, your brain is going to be mush. So be ready for that. It's going to be mush. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I can just... see, see it probably the closest thing home. So you can just like uh, zombie yourself home. Cause I got out of so here. Here's the like... question. Should I wait to see it on? Does it need to be seen on a, on a screen? Like on a someone, big screen. Someone asked me that uh, as well. I, I think so. I think it does. I mean, you get a lot of big, big Killian Murphy's face there because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of close ups. <laughs> oh, is that what I need? I need to see a big Killian Murphy yeah, face. Yeah, because it is, there's a lot of just his face close up. Um, but I is mean, is there any kind of like, I know they, they, they sell the bomb a little bit. Do they like, is there like visual test oh, yeah. site stuff that oh, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Benefits from big screen and big yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. It's loud. Um, I mean, no spoilers. I mean, yeah, bomb goes off. Like, like the whole point is what? Like, yeah, you, I know. Oh, you ruined the whole movie, sorry, dude. Sorry, spoilers. But the the oh, um, man. when they I do thought the they test, they're gonna have a beach off at the end of it. <laughs> I will beat you off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now the I mean that that's a quite the spectacle and the build up to it and it's just it's really well done. Like I mean he he makes these some of these scenes just uh, come alive. Uh, you know, that are just heavy conversation scenes, but he just adds a life to him and plays around with black and white and kind of, again, his, when time is happening, uh, yeah. when, when things are, are coming, coming apart. Um, but yeah, I think, I think seeing a big screen is definitely a must, but I watched a, this like really wonderful YouTube video from, <laughs> yeah, I watched this YouTube video from one of the editors on it and he just kind of went through the different iterations you know 35 yeah. 70 imax yada 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 but oh, it, but also he kind of like talked very highly about how nolan's one of the few filmmakers who's still shooting on film and editing on yeah. film yep and um as opposed to shooting on film and editing on digital and then printing back on film and it's yep. there is something kind of romantic about 100%. using a tactile medium still yep. Yep. and you know i know Tarantino and I, I was saying that one of the reasons why this movie can be shown as many places as it can in 70 mil is because of Tarantino's hateful eight and how yep. he promised 
you know, but they could be seen in 70 mil. And because of that, a lot of these theaters got 70 mil projectors up and running again. Mm -hmm. It was really surprising to me. I didn't realize that all of the big theaters near me are a hundred percent digital. Yeah. I always assumed they'd have one dusty, you know, film yeah. projector in the back and no, that was showing sure. something other than like Nicole Kidman's face. Go to the movies. Um, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, well that's it. That's I got it. one more thing to say. I've got one last piece of marketing. Yeah, what do you got? Go to RussCapasso.com. <laughs> Actually, never mind. Go to Amazon.com <laughs> and buy host. Do it if you haven't. If you haven't, even on leave a review. Yeah, that, that, that I helps. bought personally. If I, I bought an ebook, I bought two paperbacks and a hardcover. You're crazy. You're my biggest fan. Jill's bought five. She's Take maybe not here. five. She's yeah. Oh, she wants to pass them around. You know. Oh, nice. We're nice. spreading the word down here, baby. I love it. Yeah, hand them out. I'll probably uh, try to get one in the library for you. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely order paperback in your local bookstore too. So it should be if you're, you know, what if I get it in the library down here, I'll take a picture. You can put it on Instagram. I would love that. That'd be great. It's in Jersey. It's in Jersey. Uh, thank you. Um, but yeah, that's it, right? We're done. We're wrapping this up. Can I say yeah. one thing about Instagram spends real quick since we just talked about it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't spend high. Don't spend much. Don't spend much. Yeah, keep it low. You don't get referrals from it. You know, it's hey. good for kind of because the only place you can put an active link is in your bio. Everything All else right. requires people to kind of cut and paste it, and All they right. don't. So your referrals will come from from Facebook and and wet wet way over Instagram. Interesting. That's a good call though. Um, nice little safety tip at the end here. That's what we do. There Fill you go. <laughs> TBD. Hope you listen to the end. Uh, so that's it. So <laughs> what do we? Well, hopefully you made it this far. Uh, so what are we talking about next time? We're get, I think we're getting back into like the nitty gritty. Uh, I think like, we got it because it's time for. Well, I'm still writing or editing, editing, and mm -hmm. you're starting again. I'm ramping up. So I up. think we get back into um, what I think is the most interesting piece of the cast. No offense to soul sucking marketing, <laughs> but um, characters and character, character motivations, motivations specifically. I think talking which about is those like and... so so important. It's something I wrestled yeah. with so much. So I think yeah. we should talk about that next week. All right, well, that's it. Till then, All keep right, writing, man. I guess. Right, or just go. Read but, Russ's book. Yeah, you know what? So don't don't keep writing. Actually, you're right. You know, go <laughs> go to Russ. Keep reading my book. Welcome to then, Reader's Syndrome. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what? Keep writing a review for me. <laughs> that, that, that you can keep writing. We'll read it. <laughs>